Hi, today is July 30th, 2021. Welcome to the Theta Game Podcast, the official podcast at ThetaGame.com. I'm your host, Juni, and thanks for tuning in. These are only my opinions, and anything said in this podcast and future podcast should not be considered financial advice. I have stock positions in NVIDIA. Thank you. Okay, uh, and with all the craziness of earnings last week, remember last week we had big names like uh, Amazon, Apple, AMD, Microsoft, Google, Visa, Tesla, Facebook, Boeing, Shopify, Ford, everybody. So we have we have huge, huge uh, names that have already reported. So that's going to be a lot of uh, things that we know going forward. Uh, there's no more of this like, oh, is it gonna is it gonna do well? Is it not? Uh, volatility will start to trickle down um, and things will become just a little bit more predictable. Not saying that things are predictable as they are, but just a little bit more predictable. Uh, something else to note, with earnings out of the way, uh, if you see on the next week or the next few weeks that uh, another company in the same sector is not reporting, like say for example, the favorite company that you like to trade is say Tesla, and if you don't see any other electric vehicle stocks uh, reporting for the next few weeks. I'd say it's pretty uh, green skies to uh, open up your favorite trades with Tesla, maybe buy a few shares or write cash secure, but whatever floats your boat. Um, but after earnings is typically the time to um, start putting your longer dated options back out just because the uncertainty and the volatility um, is starting to fade away. Um, with that said, uh, I don't usually do this, uh, and I really, really try not to do this on the podcast because I don't want to attract the wrong type of people. Though I did find that um, there's this very unique trade that I thought was pretty cool, uh, and that's the August 20, 2021, 600 put uh, that has a 85% probability of profit. Uh, it'll give you around $600 for around uh, 60k of, of max loss. Uh, so that is a 1% gain in 21 days, uh, and that seems pretty cool. Um, just to just note, like imagine how powerful that play is if you wanted to buy shares of Tesla. Like not not that you wanted to buy shares of Tesla out of nowhere, because that definitely takes a special type of person. Um, but you know. Say you're a Tesla fanboy, you've always wanted to go in and um, you know you want to hold shares no matter what price. And so instead of buying now, maybe you want to just dip your feet in and you want to make sure that you get a good price, then selling the 600 put um, for $600 uh, is a guaranteed 1% you know, premium uh, return uh, for a 21 day expiry. And as, as you guys and girls know, that's my favorite expiry. Um, uh, when it comes to date to expiration and uh, there's a good amount of volume as well for the 600 the most open interest for the next one up is 650 uh, but yeah um, whether or not I follow back up on this trade uh, in a future podcast is to be determined I guess I have three podcast episodes to follow up on this um, I guess I'll just make a note here and just do a note of uh, how it would do so that's gonna be august 20 2021 20, 21 day um tesla 600 cash secure put 85 percent probably 
profitability. Um, and that's 600 profit. Or premium. Premium. So yeah, I guess I'll just follow back up on this. But these are, this is just like a real life example of how I would navigate into a new position is that like okay tesla numbers were released they look good deliveries are up always wanted a position uh 21 day expiry it's a monthly it has decent implied volatility baked in of course because it's tesla really good probability of profit for returning one percent of your uh, investment so that's really cool too and that's going to be in 21 days some of you might be like wow you know junie why are you why are you, uh, you know, making such a big deal of 1%? That doesn't seem like a whole lot. The, the thing is, you have to start framing your mind in the context of beating SPY, which is like around 7, 7.5%. So if you get a seventh done, right, one out of seven, uh, in 21 days, that leaves the rest of the year for you to get the six out of seven, right? It's 1% doesn't seem like a big deal because a lot of you think like okay one percent yeah that's one out of a hundred but once you start um comparing your progress to that of spy because that's what we do right we want to make sure that um the strategy that we do beats spy because otherwise why don't we just put money into spy um getting one percent on your investment is pretty darn good so and especially in 21 days when that gives you a lot more room for the rest of the year to either take lower probability of profit trades or take some time off to not trade at all because you're doing so good just from one trade. Um, but this is the type of thinking that I do. It's how I frame my mind around entering, um, not say not to say like I enter Tesla trades all the time because I definitely don't. Um, but if you are getting say 1% return back in premium, that is definitely a point to consider. Something also to be said about selling, <coughs> whoa, I got to clear my throat there. Something also to be said about selling the 600 put on Tesla is that the 200 EMA, this is the Oogla Boogla territory, the 200 EMA is at 603. The 600 put, if you uh, got assigned on it, uh, you'd be getting roughly uh, $600 in premium, and that'll put you at a 594 break even, which is not just at the 200 EMA, but is below the 200 EMA. So there is some buffer room there too as well. Um, again, like all of this is just a, like straight up oogla boogla. Like I am most likely going to report on this in a future episode. And even when I'm right, uh, or if I'm wrong, but especially if I'm right, I'm not gonna ju justify and say, oh, look, see, I, I named all these things and I said it in a uh, previous podcast and I proof theory, we be we we because that's not what this is about. This is just kind of like me giving an example of how I would enter a trade after earnings, um, just with a lot of uncertainty out of the way, especially if numbers are good, then taking a bullish position gives you a little bit more incentive. Um, and then looking at some like technicals, like it, can we write a put at the 200 EMA? Does it make sense there? Does it pay enough there? Because most of the time, selling something at the 200 EMA does not pay enough to justify going to the position. But because the implied volatility of Tesla is um, abnormally high just because it's Tesla, um, there is enough premium on the table for it to be worth it. Now, just remember one last time, you can lose a lot of money 
if you go into even a cash secured put and you don't know what you're doing and you freak out and you exit for a loss early, uh, you might be thinking, "Oh, Jimmy, why would you? Why would somebody do that? Why would why, why would someone uh, break out of the commitment? They knew they were going to get uh, assigned and they were blah, blah blah blah." A lot of people don't do what they say they're going to do, and that's the, probably like the entire premise of this podcast. If everyone just did what they said they were going to do, or if everyone did what they studied that they would do, uh, then this podcast would would be pointless. But there are tons of people out there that do the wrong things despite knowing the right thing to do. So be careful. This is just a little bit of insight into how I would trade, um, you know, uh, say Tesla, if I really love Tesla, but I don't love Tesla, which is why I'm not in this trade myself. I'm just observing from afar. So I took like a minute or two to listen back to what I had just talked about. And um, I wanted to just uh, put a note here saying that I almost feel like there are, there's a good percentage of you that like looked around the room that you're in and you're like does Junie think I have 60k like like you're looking left you're looking right you're like and you got your airpods on and I'm just like in your ears talking to you about like selling a $600 put or writing a $600 put for Tesla and you're just kind of like who does Junie think he's talking to? I don't got 60k. What what is this trash? <laughs> and you just you're like <laughs> and you're like debating on whether to not listen to or whether to listen to any of the future episodes. I want you to frame this in a context where it's a goal, right? Like I'm not saying shoot for the moon and buy out the money calls and everything and hope for a 60k play to come in your favor and you to make 60k overnight and then suddenly you're able to write this put. If you save up your money, if you stop blowing up, if you stop reloading your portfolio, 60k is not a hard number to get to. It's easier as you get older, just pending like what career choice you make or um, you know how passionate you are in your side hobbies if your side hobbies even pay anything like I get that if you're a really passionate like painter or something like that can be kind of hard to take you get off the ground to make money right and it's not always about making money but granted if you go in the right career if you frame your hobby in a way that you like maybe your hobby is just running a business <laughs> I try trying to see the wholesome side of everything then you know you start building up your portfolio not from just gains but through auto deposits and remember my theta game my very first version of the theta game website was my trades of theta game style trades and it had three thousand dollars in it my tastyworks account the initial deposit was three thousand dollars and i wanted to prove something i proved it i did it i won some i lost some and my bank account or not my bank account but my portfolio started getting bigger and bigger and bigger some of you might say like oh Junie, it's not fair because oh you got patreon oh Junie, it's not fair because you're an engineer oh Junie, it's not fair because of this look you can do everything that i do right like my engineering background i'm i just learned how to do code just on the side like this is not what i went to college for right and then 
my outside hours of working on ThetaGain.com, there were multitude of failed projects that I had failed before ThetaGain.com. Um, we're talking like in the two digits. Like I'm not talking like, oh, I tried once or twice. I tried, I think like in, in 13, 14, 15 different ideas that never stuck until ThetaGain. And so when it got to ThetaGain, I had all this boilerplate code just like ready to go because I'm just, I've been really wanting this. I've been really striving for this and I'm and I've been building up my portfolio while not blowing up my portfolio and slowly but surely my account has been growing I do auto deposits every week um, a, a big part of just being able to do these trades that are bigger numbers is just finding out what your priorities are right like if you're trying to get to that like first five digit mark that was that was a pretty big moment in my life having te like uh ten thousand dollars for the first time and having five digits in my account that was a huge huge moment that was like ten thousand dollars of just money that i did didn't need to spend and that was just growing in inside an investment portfolio account that felt amazing the six digits felt even more amazing. And I'm not trying to say that seven digits is a goal. It, it'd be cool, but I'm not making that a goal. Like I'm totally grateful for where I am in my life. But it, this progress that I've made would not be possible if I had not just said like no to weekly options, uh, at least on the buy side, um, and saying like I'm tired of making these out the money bets uh, on things that heavily rely on direction and I would get tilted like all the time and I would just think to myself like oh these people that are writing contracts like oh that's such a boring way to trade why would you want to do that like oh my god like isn't that so boring and I just caught myself I was just I was just envious and I was envious that I was losing and they were making money and they had more money than me and that felt so bad, right? And so I took, I took my trading career into my own hands and I said, okay, I'm gonna take this $3,000, I'm gonna trade as responsible, as disciplined as I could possibly be, and I'm gonna put it on public display. And I did that. I won, I won some, I lost some, and I grew, 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 and I didn't blow up my portfolio because everyone was watching my portfolio. And when I mean everyone, I mean like maximum 100 people at the time. Or I'm not talking like the thousands of people that look at my profile now. But back then, that was a pretty big deal because it was the first time I had ever shown everyone my wins and losses, right? That was a very big step in my own personal trading career. <laughs> career, like like as if I'm like, pro, like a professional, but no, like, when I first started ThetaGain.com, it was just my trades. You did not sign up on it. You did not post on it. It was just me. Um, so I've come a long way. And talking about a Tesla 600 put um, writing one for $60,000, right, uh, might sound a little bit left field. But I wanted to just give a little bit of context into why I've, you know, why I talk about these big numbers sometimes. Is that everyone is in a different place. If you are not in a place where you could relate to the $60,000 of max loss in this particular trade, you can get there. Just start 
putting not blowing up your portfolio a priority in your list start trading responsibly start trading boring like lean in the whole other direction as long as you start getting your auto deposits in you'll get there you do not need to rush anything like a lot of you think like you need to make a five digit play uh, with this next play and that's not it like if you just consistently have a process that works you'll get to whatever goal you want to reach uh, as long as it's not time-based right like, as long as your strategy works you can get to any goal uh you know it'll take a while if you go slow or if you don't win like a lot but you'll get there hone in on your system and stop blowing up your portfolio uh this was just i guess a rant on you know the people that might say oh hey, juni's Juni's not relatable anymore because he plays with uh, he he does 60k max loss trades. Oh yeah, what a sellout! <laughs> There's no ads on this podcast though. <laughs> uh, and one quick note before heading on to the next section: uh, Amazon missed. I'm actually not sure if I covered that in the last few snippets I did. I I did a few retakes of the last snippet that I did. Uh, and it's getting kind of late right now, so I'm, I am I don't want to scrub through it. But if I didn't say it, great. If I did say it, just hear me out again. Amazon missed um, their quarterly expectations, and they went down. Uh, right now, I see on Tastyworks, uh, they are uh, per share $3,333. <laughs> what are the chances? Um, it went down 7.56%. Um, this is... Definitely a time to write that Amazon put <laughs> for $333,000. I mean, if you've got that laying around, uh, I, I mean, I I definitely think about it. Uh, <laughs> see, I mean, at least I still got some humor, right? Like, I'm not telling you to write a $333,000 play. Though uh, no, I'm sure that there's some of you that are listening that can absolutely do it. And don't, by no means am I just assuming you can't. So don't make this like a, oh, Judy, see, look, I'm doing the, I'm doing that put, oh, because you said that I'm poor, so I'm gonna write the, no, dude, it's, it's not that, it's not that. I'm just making a general assumption here that most of my listeners can't do it. So if you can, I hope you feel special. You're in a very, very cool uh, state of life, and I hope you enjoy your money as much as you see it going up. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I totally forgot to like go on with the 7.56 thing. So Amazon missing their expectations, um, that put a that puts a hindrance on tech, right? Just because Amazon, one of the biggest tech companies in the world, them missing is a uh, indicator that there could be some sort of like COVID relapse. Or not relapse. Relapse is definitely not the right word, but some COVID expectations not being hit right lots of e-commerce started going up lots of tech companies started going up uh just because more use of the internet more people are home uh but if other companies are on the same trajectory as amazon maybe they can start missing and that could be the start of a macro level uh correction macro meaning a market-wide correction not saying like there's going to be a market crash i'm not calling doom like do not quote me on calling doom here um but there could be a macro level correction that is you know kind of warranted we have been going up a lot but continue to trade just as normally as i normally would 
um, and continuing to be grateful. Let's get into the next section. Okay, uh, new ThetaGain.com website updates for this week, none. Uh, had a pretty busy week um, with 9 to 5 life, but also uh, kind of like patron Discord life. Uh, like getting some things settled there, some big changes are coming. Um, this coming Sunday, uh, for the next two weeks, I will be in Monterey Bay uh, visiting my parents, uh, where I will be um, hanging out with my mom, and while I'll hang out with my mom, because you know sometimes she doesn't feel like talking, uh, but I'll have my laptop uh, working on Theta Gang right next to her. Uh, and you know, in the history of visiting my parents, uh, the biggest amounts of change happen to the platform when I'm visiting my parents. And I think a lot of that comes from uh, the level of distraction that I don't have when I'm just on my laptop next to my mama. Um, and so I'm excited for that. I'm excited to see my parents. It's going to, it's going to feel really good. Um, and yeah, big stuff is coming. I don't want to spoil anything yet. Um, but be excited for it. Okay, today's episode, diversification. Um, I don't have a specific episode for it, um, but I have talked about it before. And with you know earnings um, coming to a end, uh, at least for uh, this quarter, um, I thought you know just because I also gave that little spiel about you know earnings being over and writing the longer dated options after earnings and a little bit less uncertainty, blah blah blah. blah um, that we'll talk about diversification and um, my, my own portfolio. Diversification, I think, is good if you want that as a goal. A lot of people uh, diversify for no reason. Um, some people do it and say, oh, you know, I just want to be diversified. But they don't have a because they just they're taught to diversify because um they read on investopedia that's a good thing to do or someone on reddit makes fun of them for doing something because you know people on reddit make fun of you all the time for doing nothing um and you end up diversifying uh for the wrong reasons you should diversify uh when you get older Right when you have to start taking less risk, um, diversifying in different sectors uh, will make it so that if one sector goes down, for example, if semiconductors stopping so hot, that maybe your metals or your e-commerce or your other you know industries of your portfolio can go up, and a lot of what people end up doing is they learn about diversification and the day they learn it they're like oh snap i need to diversify so they go out and they start buying random companies in random sectors uh to diversify 
and I think personally, and and this is my podcast, so <laughs> I'm like trying to justify having an opinion. I'm allowed to have an opinion, okay? I'm allowed to have one. I'm allowed to have one. My opinion on diversification is if you are young, you don't need to diversify, okay? I personally do not diversify. I want this to be loud and clear. Junie does not diversify. Does it mean that you should not diversify? It depends. If you're young, you could take the risk and you don't want to invest in random companies just for the sake of diversifying. I think that's good. But let's let's dive a little bit into why I don't like diversifying, at least from my point of view, right? Like why doesn't Junie like to diversify? Junie doesn't like to diversify because I do not like to invest in companies that I do not know. I am actually not that smart of a person. I don't even know if you've even thought that, so I'm not even sure why I said actually, but I'm not a smart person. I do not know a lot either. I don't know anything about metals. I don't know uh, much about uh, planes. I don't know uh, much about macroeconomics. I don't know much about uh, electrical vehicles. Um, what I do know is uh, semiconductors, right? I like graphics cards. Uh, I can stay up to date on that news. That news is interesting to me. Um, I like tech. Uh, and so I following that news is not a pain. I just love reading about it sometimes. Um, and so I will stay mainly invested in tech. People will be like, oh, Junie, well, why don't you put a little bit into spy, a little bit into QQQ, and then a little bit into gold, and then a little bit into Bitcoin, then a little bit into oil, etc., etc. My, uh, my point of view for managing your own portfolio is I like to feel in control. I like to understand every little bit of my portfolio. My stepdad is a little different. Right, like my stepdad's a div high yield dividend investor. He loves uh, investing into companies for the sake of dividend, and he likes rotating and buying free stock with a dividend premium and all that good jazz. He'll come up to me and be like, "You know, I don't know which company this one is, but it's not doing so hot." And that's like the epitome of the situation I do not want to be in. Right, like I want to understand that the company that I'm buying stock in is a company that I could get behind? Is it a company that I genuinely like? Is it a company that I don't mind owning shares of, right? Like, I don't care about the company's stock price right now, though I do hope it goes up. But if it dropped like 10%, I believe in the company enough where I believe that if I bought the dip, I'd be buying the stock at a discount, right? When you start diversifying for the sake of diversifying, you're gonna start getting into companies that you don't really know or you know very little of. So if they start dipping, you're gonna start second guessing yourself and you're, you're gonna start thinking, oh man, this random oil company, oh, I, I went in this cause it's oil and I needed an oil stock, but it's down. Should I sell for a loss and then buy another oil stock? And then that gets you into another predicament where you have to start managing an active portfolio because you have a lack of knowledge somewhere in that portfolio. That said, I don't want this to be black and white. I don't want this to be you either diversify or you don't. Because me saying that I don't diversify is kind of like a clickbait like statement. 
right? I feel like I could trigger a lot of people, and that's why I say those types of things. Is that like people would be like, "Oh, do you know I diversify?" Oh, blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> but you know, when it gets down to it, sometimes my portfolio is uh, Shopify, Boeing, and Nvidia. That is semiconductors, uh, air travel slash defense, uh, and e-commerce. Right? That's somewhat diversified. I'm not saying that's diversified to the T, but here's another point. I am not a hedge fund, right? I am a millennial. I am still young. I'm still grateful, um, but I'm young and I'm, I'm allowed to take risks at this age. I don't have a house. I don't have kids. I don't have a wife. I am doing me. I'm having fun in the stock market and I have the most fun again when I have or when I feel like I have the most control. So I hope this puts into perspective in why just like doing a blanket diversification uh, on your portfolio is not as good as it seems. If you just so happen to be the mega mind of the stock market and you do understand a lot of different sectors and you have a favorite stock in maybe each sector, I don't think it's a bad I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think it's bad if you diversify. Um, but a lot of people don't, right? A lot of people don't understand the market as a whole enough to where they should feel confident that they understand uh, every sector. Because that's what a hedge fund basically does. They hire specialized people for each sector, right? Like you need to understand that a lot of this like textbook happy path example is almost just like assuming you're a robot that has no emotions, that you have a team specialized for this one specific type of style of trading for this one specific sector, right? Be real with yourself. I'm being real with me. I don't think I have what it takes to have a well-diversified portfolio and manage it at a rate that can beat my current strategy, which is right now for you know all intents and purposes is just trading semiconductor stock because semiconductors are doing really well right now. And some of you might think, okay, Judy, you're getting, you're just getting really, really lucky. Like I don't know why you you gotta keep saying that. When, you know, you you're you're so grateful for being so green in the year. I don't know why you keep saying that you're so grateful. I'm really, <laughs> I'm I've just been getting lucky, and I'm also making sure that I'm understanding that I'm not diversified, uh, and when it gets down to it. I basically always have like 40-50% cash right now because I can't find any better plays than the NVIDIA plays that I'm currently doing or the AMD plays that I'm currently doing. So I'm not trying to force anything in any other sector just for the sake of diversifying. This is just my style of trading. And you know, some of you might say, Juni, but you just mentioned just earlier uh, the $60,000 Tesla play. And that's that's my entire point. I think that Tesla play is pretty solid, but just disclaimer, if you follow that trade, you lose money. Um, I think that play is super solid, but I don't love Tesla. Like if I got a sign on Tesla and Tesla kept on going down, I would be hesitant to buy more shares. And I'm real about that right now before I even enter the position. I'm not going in and then hoping that it goes up and then worrying about it later. I'm envisioning that if I get a sign on it, and I'm forced to buy back more or buy more shares 
because I need to lower my break even so that cover calls make sense. I don't know if I would be willing to do that. I think that's a little bit too scary for me. So I'm gonna continue trading AMD, trading Nvidia, and just keep eyeing Shopify <laughs> and uh, Tesla from afar. So that's a little bit of insight in why I personally don't diversify. I also think if you, once you start diversifying, and I mean for a long portfolio, that's when you get in the nest egg scenario. And that's why I say like if you're young, diversifying isn't really that all that important. But when you get older, when you stop making uh, a reliable income like a nine to five job, right? Like sooner, sooner or later you gotta retire and you gotta live off of uh, dividends or your IRA or you know whatever, social security, if, if any of that is left when we're older. Um, but when you get older, bigger price swings are even way more scary because you suddenly you can't buy the dip. You don't have money to buy the dip. All you have is money that's still invested. So then every single sudden shift is just more and more scary. Um, so diversifying then is cool. And guess what? When you don't have a nine to five job and all you're doing is like sitting around at home, you got plenty of time to look at other sectors. You got plenty of time to just like look at your portfolio and just kind of chill and just like look back at your good memories in your life of you skateboarding, take care of that orchid, uh, coding that website or, you know, uh, the fun memories you have with your friends or just the times that you got beaten up in Halo 2 or maybe in Halo on coagulation or just kidding because that's Blood Gulch. Um, see, I mean, that's that's how I tell you that I'm uh, real without telling you that I'm real. <laughs> it's Blood Gulch, not coagulation. Get it right. Um, by the way, if you get that reference, you're, you're, a, you're a homie. You're a homie. Um, I'm trying to think of if there's if there's anything else. You know, I, I definitely like to start off my topics uh, very, very uh, triggering. I like to be very black and white when it comes to my opening statements for my topics because I feel like it really starts firing up those engines for the people that get triggered easily. And I just... <laughs> I just I just want you to know that this is just a <laughs> I just I'm just in, I'm just by myself in my room just just recording a podcast please 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 um yeah <sighs> diversification I think that's it uh so if you you know want to diversify and you want to put that uh, diversification into a long portfolio. Uh, a lot of IRAs uh, already do that. If you have a robo-style type of uh, IRA, I do. Uh, my IRA uh, is already diversified. There's some in like emerging uh, markets. There's some in uh, the U.S. market. There's some in gold. And there's some in like other types of markets but my ira for example is diversified so just me saying that i don't diversify i don't want to say that i'm only ever trading just one stock um but there's degrees to it and i just say i'm on the like the lesser end of of one of those degrees uh i hope you enjoyed today's episode uh, I hope this gives you a little bit more motivation to question some of the textbook things you might hear. A lot of people on Twitter just love retweeting the textbook examples of, oh, you got to buy a dip. Oh, oh you got to diversify. Oh, you got to 
you gotta make sure uh, you have this or you look at this indicator. You really don't. You don't have to do any of it. There's a reason why people on Wall Street Bets uh, buy a thousand contracts of one thing and some of them make it. Some of them exit with like seven digits. And I'm not gonna call them uh, dumb. I'm not gonna call them lucky. I'm just gonna say congrats. Like, congrats, you won. Uh, I'm just trying to get there. I'm trying to get there slow. I'm not a risk taker like one of those people. Um, but you don't have to play by the textbook. Some of that textbook can be questioned. Uh, you can definitely form your own style when it comes to this. There's a lot of freedom of expression when it comes to trading because you are the only person in control of your portfolio. No one else clicks that buy and sell button for you. So, uh, yeah, dedicate some time and start like questioning some of the things that you do. Like, why are you setting this specific trigger? Why do you look at this EMA? Why why do you like the RSI? Uh, why do you um, like selling puts? Why do you like selling the covered call instead of buying shares? Question everything. Uh, I'll see everybody in the next episode. You can follow me on Twitch at Real Theta Gang, where I stream on six at six p.m. on Tuesdays Pacific time. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Real Theta Gang. You can email me at Junie at ThetaGang.com. Theta Gang is proudly partnered with Tastyworks. Sign up with the Theta Gang referral code is a huge help. Theta Gang, one word, all caps. Please, 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 email me. Uh, I do not know your email because Tastyworks keeps that confidential for your. Uh, <laughs> for your good, right? Like, you don't want your email being given out to random people like me. So please email me at juniorthetagain.com. I'll set you up with the perks and everything. Um, I want to give a extended shout-out to my patrons here. Uh, that's Bingo Bango, Pocket Change, Andrew E.C. Kim, Mike D. Slow Motion, JZM, Malab, Johnny B. Good, Can't Make Money, IRL, Empty Cans, Mods, X Galaxy, Royal, Mitch 87 Craig Thomas, GJ Wilson, McFly, Sisky Random, Tom Thomas, Mr. Integrity, Drevy, Island Bell, Wheaton, Na, Cheese, Maltman, 1856, Trevonis, NMM, Hayden, Little, Mr. Sneezy, Man, Dungu, Son, Gorlami, Tsunami, Leo Jensen, Fancy Wolf, Nate the River, Descendant, Wokai, Norfest, Viri, Batcherry, Chicken Dinner, Over, Slava, Liffin, Ivan, Yurkanag, Grev, Green, Blue, Decentia, Arfman, Lord Skeletor, Radovan, 1986, Razor, Zerus, Suggestor, Crispy, Cream Boy, Hermes, Kaput, Rustier, Shifty, AG, and Ensis, 88. Wow. So, me going back home is going to be fun. Um, I'm figuring out that when I'm in Southern California, I actually don't skate nearly as much uh, as when I visit home. Uh, I live in a pretty small town when I visit home uh, near the Monterey Bay. Um, and, I mean, the skate park there is either kids that aren't, like, crazy good because skateboarding in socal is on a different level there's a lot of crazy talent and that talent starts from like middle school like there's middle school kids that can shred it at the skate park um but my small t hometown near monterey bay uh the, the, basically no one shreds so there's like no intimidation factor and that's where i feel like i get better the most because 
I don't know. Sometimes going to the skate park down here in Southern California, it's like low key kind of scary because it's like I don't want to get in anybody's way, and you know I'm just doing kickflips. I'm not doing really anything crazy. Um, but excited to go home. Uh, I learned how to drop in last time I went home. Uh, I could drop in on a ramp that's pretty big. Uh, it's taller than me. Uh, that's for sure. I think it's like an eight foot ramp, probably. Um, maybe, uh, honestly, probably even a little bit taller, and I was able to drop in on it, so that was cool. Um, I'm hoping that I could get tray flips when I go back home. Um, yeah. I mean, if you ever wanted to skateboard, oh, you know what? Also, the, uh, the Olympics were on, right? And skateboarding made its debut. That's super cool. Um, oh. Shoot, my girlfriend is coming over and she is turning in. I gotta go. Anyway, if you ever want a skateboard, if you're listening to this, this is your sign to go buy a skateboard right now. If you don't know how to buy a skateboard, email me your height and weight and I will pick out the skateboard for you. I will send you all the parts, everything that you need to start skateboarding because I think skateboarding is really fun. I think a lot of people just get intimidated when it gets to the skateboarding buying process. Also, if you don't want to email me, if you're just too lazy, you just don't want to do that, you can uh, go to your local um, skate shop uh, and then the front desk counter person will uh, fit you perfectly. I mean, this is just if you wanted to buy online and you just don't want to parse through YouTube and you don't want to parse through Google, uh, just uh, just go ahead and email me at junior.thetagame.com and subject being I want a skateboard or something. All right. I will see everybody next week. Bye-bye.